EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM G'day, g'day. Welcome to the EFTM Podcast. Lovely to be with you once again and lovely that you subscribe. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating and reviewing if you're in that ecosystem. Oh, I've just realized the podcast host we changed to doesn't show me the reviews, so I need to go scouting them out again. So that's my bad. I'll I'll see if I can find them. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yes, it's it's all happening. Uh, thank you for the feedback on last week's show. I didn't get any negative, so that's a good thing. Um, sometimes it is uh, good to hear negative feedback. Sometimes it's not. Uh, but no, it's always it's always good to hear from you, whether you're uh, tweeting me or getting in touch in any other way. Um, I appreciate it. Um, there was an email, I don't, a rating or a review that I didn't actually address. I don't think. Um, Viv Nick said, I wanted to say the recent show from Vegas where you interviewed the guys from Amazon, one of the best podcasts I've heard in ages. Yeah, it was intriguing seeing where the future is heading and also understanding the difference between AI and, well, they ran out of space for writing anything more apparently. So that's disappointing. Um, thank you for that, Vic. That's really appreciated. Um, it's a funny one because I, it was, it was a different style of show, right? It was a very different thing, but, um, I, I too enjoyed it. And I think that for me is how I think about these shows. I always, and I say this to anyone that wants to understand how content works, but if you don't think it's good, then what are the chances of anyone else thinking it's good? So, you know, you try, and sometimes that conveys itself in a different way. So for example, the Amazon podcast, um, my favorite interview, I think was the the one about AI and things, but the guy in with about space was amazing, but it wasn't quite, what I was looking for from him. So I don't think I put it first. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, but anyway, I appreciate your feedback. Uh, please be be welcome and, and willing to leave a rating or review. There's 400-odd ratings. In fact, there's 398. So there's your challenge. Uh, if you've never left a rating on the iTunes podcast store, please do. Um, head over there now and be one of the first. Um, if you're first time listening, then it will be a weird thing to come into me rambling on like that. But it is, this is a technology podcast where we take your calls. If you've got a tech question, um, simply get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com and I will um, get in touch with you if you send me an email and, and hopefully help you with um, with your question and um, maybe get you a resolution. Um, if you're on Spotify, there is a rating button on the podcast page. So when you view the full list of podcasts, you can see the ability to rate there and we'd love you to do that um, as well. So lots of options there. Um, I know full well where people are listening and I know it's not Spotify, but I think I think it's an interesting t- thing to remember that if you're using Spotify for music and something else for podcast, wouldn't it make sense for them to be in the same spot? Like that's interesting to me. Whereas I only do podcasts now and then, so I just use the podcast app and or Pocket Casts. Um, but I'll tell you the one thing about Spotify that's better than any other. It's album artwork or show artwork. And the Two Blokes Talking Tech feed is the best example of that because it's a hodgepodge of a lot of amazing different bits of content. Um, on the Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast, you get the album art for EFTM, you get the album art for Tech Guide, you get the album art for Two Blokes, you get the album art for movies. It's different for each one so that you know what you're, what you're listening to. That doesn't appear in Apple Podcasts and it's stupid. It really should. Um 
So we'll see. We'll see if that changes. Anyway, not here to rant and rave and ramble. Uh, here to do the podcast. And uh, we appreciate your listening. We appreciate your support. And uh, you can, as always, go to the website, eftm.com, or download the app, the EFTM app, in the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store. How much money have you got to have to spend $400,000 on a broken computer? Like that's that's the question that's on my mind and these are the things I think about. Um, Steve Jobs' prototype for the original Apple computer is being auctioned off. The bidding is at $400,000 Australian dollars right now. Now I've seen photos of this thing. It's broken. Like it's in no way a computer. In fact, many of the chips, resistors, capacitors, whatever they are, have been removed from the board. You can imagine that when they iterated the next version, they took some chips out and put them in the next one. Um, this board is broken. Like, I believe it's uh, the opposite side of the power. It's just broken off, like snapped. But someone's willing to pay $400,000 because of the genuine history of this thing. And I get that. I just, I wonder how much money you've got to have that that becomes something that you do. Now, it would look amazing maybe framed on the wall but the problem is you want it framed glass both sides and, and and visible from both sides like on a glass wall because the back of it looks amazing because it actually says apple computer the front of it looks amazing because it's just chip 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 chips and lots and lots of circuit board lines and it is in reality unbelievably fascinating to look at because what you're looking at there is uh today in today's terms you know would fit in a a, a, a nanometer space it's that's how far we've come but yeah um computer history is is a fascinating thing and the the steve jobs prototype uh is up for sale uh four hundred thousand dollars if you're in the bidding hey uh let me know um i'm keen to see it i'll bring white gloves it's all good by the way it's, it's hand soldered by steve wozniak like they can actually they can actually tell um that Steve Wozniak hand-soldered it because of the method of soldering. So cool. Such an amazing thing. Technology is amazing, as is wealth. <laughs> you're listening to the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long taking your calls. Cameron's on the line. G'day, Cameron. Yeah, Trevor. How are you going? Really good, mate. What can I do for you? Mate, my daughter's got an iPhone 11, which has passed its warranty by about five months, um, but she's taking it into the shower, um, puts it on a little shelf in the shower, so it's not under direct water, just gets a few splashes on it. Yep. She's taking it out of the shower, and the screen has uh, got lines going through it. So depending on the light intensity, this, the lines vary, and also a bit of a grid pattern going through it. So I have taken it to Apple, mm. and they've basically said it's past its warranty. Um, and tough, t- tough did, did they say anything else? Did they say it was water damage, or did they just say it's past its warranty? They haven't opened it yet. They took out the SIM card, and there's a little um, water damage indicator where the SIM card slot goes. And she said that wasn't activated. Oh, okay. Um, but the phone, the phone was working perfectly um, until that point. Until she then took it out of the shower, and then. You know, turn it back on and the lines were there. So, you know, she hasn't submerged it in any water or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, it's just, yeah, they're saying now if we – for them to do any investigations, most likely a new screen, $300. Is the phone in a case? Um, yep. 
case since day dot. It's in perfect condition. The person at Apple took the phone out of the case, inspected it. There's no dents, no scratches. I'm quite surprised because she's managed to smash each every other, every other phone she's had. Because, so. you know, when, when, when I saw it was, you know, daughter's phone, in the shower, a whole bunch of things, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, mate, a lot of red flags going off, right? And you can imagine. So yeah. it's it's kind of one of those things. Imagine um, imagine you took it in and didn't say it was your daughter's phone. I wonder whether the treatment would be any different. But anyway, leaving that aside, um, yep. it, it is a challenging thing for Apple because they have a warranty and they, they honour the warranty. But yep. you have rights under Australian consumer law. The challenge yep. for you is really how hard you want to go and how you attack it. So first and foremost, there's going to be an assessment of the phone need to be done, and that's going to mean she's going to be without a phone for a certain period of time. But but also the the question is how long can she go with the phone in this state while you fight this battle? I've told the story Correct. before yeah. about me. I had a, we had a little Mazda 2. I've still got it, and, and it was six years and like two. No, it wasn't six years old yet. It was maybe five and a half. Anyway, um, it just stopped steering. It was like really difficult to drive and something was wrong and my mechanic goes at my local you know servo goes mate well you need to take it to mazda it's a bigger deal it's going to be huge and so i take it to mazda and they say i say it's got extended warranty i've had it serviced here every service that's what i paid for the extended warranty right and they go yep it's covered by extended warranty but that particular thing is not covered by extended warranty and i'm not here great of course now i live a very fortunate life where i review cars so i get a different car every week and i don't need that car it was just sitting in the driveway anyway so i said nah you're gonna fix it and they go no we're not and we for a month and a half went back and forth and then i went to the department of fair trading and i said uh i want it fixed it should be covered under australian consumer law it's not a dent, it's not a scratch, it's not a, it's just the steering. Uh, you know, it, yeah. a, a car should move forward, backwards, and steer for, I think, 10 years, right? So, anyway, you, ha- you go through this mediation post process where they say, What do you think you should get, and all this. And, and in my case, they said, You know, we think that, you know, you should pay half or something. And I went, No, I'm not, because I could hold out, right? And so, in the end, yep. the car was there for three and a half months. They kept ringing me, and I'd say, Listen, I don't need the car back. I'm not picking it up until it's fixed. And so my my annoyance, my pressure that time, and I didn't pull any, you know, uh, media strings or anything. I just yeah. was an average Joe. Um, in the end, it was paid for by, by Mazda and it was fixed. But that's, mate, that is not a process I would go through for a car we needed next week, let alone a phone no. we need now. So that's the challenge, mate. Yeah. How, hard, how hard are you going to fight? I think my advice is go back to Apple. Go back to yep. the store and so, so you're telling me it's only five months out of warranty, but it's an iPhone 11. You show you bought the iPhone 11 from Apple. No, it was through Optus on a plan. Okay. Um, yep. But yeah, basically the phone was registered Christmas Day 2019, okay. and then expired Christmas Day 2021. So it happened in May. My daughter's taken screenshots of it and yep. sent it to my phone and all that sort of stuff. So we've got um, I think stamps. that I think that a, a phone that is four years old shouldn't have that failure. And see, this is the challenge. Australian consumer law is not defined. There's no thing that says yep. a phone should last this long. It's a, it's called a reasonable expectation. And I believe yep. you should have a reasonable expectation. Now, you, you're being very honest with them. You're being very open with them. You're saying we haven't submerged the phone, but we appreciate that we are putting it near water, but we know the phone has some water resistance. Um, uh, I I don't remember the water resistance claims that were made for the iPhone 11, but they were certainly, they existed. Um, 
you what you're saying to them is we want you to take it because they've only popped the SIM card out. They haven't opened the phone up, have they? Correct. No, they haven't opened the phone, and that was a two-hour process if they're going to do that. Yeah, so yeah, we didn't want to hang around. There is there are other sensors inside the phone. Now, if they pop the phone open and find water damage inside, then your, your chances are minimal of of anything happening under warranty because then it becomes a massive he said, he said she said, aware, mate, you can't vouch for every moment your daughter had the phone. Did she, I don't know, who knows? Like, it's just, it's, yeah. it's too hard. And I, I get that from Apple's point of view because they'd get it every day, right? So the the things that I think are in your favour is phone is in a case and it is in immaculate condition. Initial indications show it's not water damage. So I would would take it to them and ask them to do an assessment of the phone because – or ask them if they're willing to do an assessment of the phone and if they're willing to consider that under Australian consumer law. Now, normally when you say those three words, they say, sorry, we, that we, don't, we don't have, you're out of warranty. Then you say, can I speak to a manager? And you say to the manager, I really just want to get this fixed for my daughter. It's, it's clearly just a fault with the phone. She's looked after it really well. I don't want to have to go to the Department of Fair Trading or whoever it is in your state. And yep. you're, you're essentially, it's a gut decision from someone there. Now, if that fails, then, mate, hopefully you've got a spare phone lying around. You can lend to your daughter for a little while and you can send it off to someone like Maxie Hawker on TikTok who will fix it in the post. Um, or you can go to a you know mobile phone repair store and they can put a screen on it much cheaper than Apple can and you'll, you'll appreciate that from this point on you are out of warranty officially and yep. probably yep. Uh, avoid the water. Yep, anything we do is null and void after that fact. Exactly. So my question yeah. though, because they, yeah, my daughter raised the point to say that you know the phone could be in water for up to the depth of two metres for 30 minutes. So then I said, well, to the, the Apple people, does that mean after your warranty period ends, does that feature of the phone end as well? No, certainly not. And that's but, sort, that but, sort of got her and she was, you know, mincing words trying to come up with a decent answer. Yeah, and, and look, so, they they their biggest challenge right now is they've got an easy out, which is, oh, it's out of warranty anyway, so they don't need to investigate yeah. that which is why yep. you need to push that. I think you've got every right to push it. I think you just yep. need to have that moment where you go, darling, you're going to be without your phone for a day here because they're going to, you know, you're going to need to book a genius point. They're going to pull it apart. Um, so, yep. yeah, I, I would. Personally, I would. I'd push it. Go back and say consumer law. This Australian you know, consumer law. Consumer and you say Australian law. consumer law protects me. And, you know, like my acknowledgement, Often, uh, to be honest, the way I expected this call to go is you'd say it wasn't in a, in a case and you can't guarantee she hadn't dropped it. But if even they've inspected it and say it's in immaculate condition, then things are in your favour. It has been yeah. well looked yeah. after. She hasn't taken it into the beach. She hasn't sat it in the bath. She's just had it in the bathroom and the shower where it's got some drops on it. But that's that's the same as walking in the rain. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Give it a crack, okay. mate, but so don't I'm... don't don't assume it's going to work. And and no, remember, no, no, no. Remember that guaranteed. if they if they fight, then it's a long process. And that's the Australian consumer yeah. law is an amazing thing for consumers, but it, yep. it it does require the time and the guts and the I don't know just the the uh, the effort yep. of the consumer. Yep. Yep. No, perfect. Good luck, Cameron. Thank you very much, there, Trevor. Appreciate right, you. Thanks, Appreciate mate. the call. Good on Cheers. you. Thanks for Cheers. getting in touch. And uh, yeah, I mean it's tough, right? You, like me, are probably listening thinking, yeah, but did she really? Or, But, you know, if I haven't cited it, but if it's sight unseen, if it's in great condition, that's that's the way it should be played. The EFTM Podcast, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. 
Thank you for listening. Trevor along with you, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website, EFTM.com. Fane did that. G'day, Fane. Hello. How are you today? Very well. That is a unique name. I've never spoken to a Fane before. <laughs> it is a little unusual, yes. But is that a uh, is that is it uh, something your parents uh, created the spelling of? Does it have a heritage? I mean, my mum's Suzanne, but it's spelt like no one else in the world because her mum went, "No, I'm going to make this how I want it to be." <laughs> well, my mother ran a mica factory during the war, and some people in America who provided sold her the machinery had a daughter, and her name was Fane, and she thought that if she ever had a daughter, she'd call her Fane, but. Um, William Farrer, who invented rustless wheat, in and he lived at Sawa outside Canberra. Oh. His wife was Fane de Salis. So that's the only other Fane I know. Yes. Well, there you go. Very unique in the modern world as well. Fane, what can I do for you today? Well, now, I'm a grandmother and I look after my grandson, who is now 11. I've had him since he's six months old. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to keep up with the world. Most of the time he probably is way ahead of me. (laughs) But in the first instance, I've got a really old Samsung phone. Mm. And in the research I've done, um, I want a middle range one. And I thought the Samsung um, S, uh, whatever it is. A22. A22, which is a good price. And it it's I don't use much social media and I'm not stuck on my phone all the time. So I use it to communicate. Yep. But the one I've got is really had it. Um otherwise I thought maybe I should go to an iPhone because people rave about them. Now, and is, I thought so, I could... so are we getting a phone for you or your or your grandson? Who who No me. Okay. Me, me, yep. me. Yep. Um look, if you've got a you've got a Samsung now, do you? I've got a Samsung now, and I'm very comfortable with, with I it. I wouldn't yes. change. I wouldn't change. Okay. I wouldn't switch to Apple at this point. That's, um, okay. They, we, we're all very loyal to our phones and our operating systems, and, and if you ask any Apple user, they'll tell you why it's amazing. If you ask any Samsung user, they'll tell you there's nothing amazing, all these kind of things. But the, the point is it's about simplicity, right? You don't want to overcomplicate your life. There's a few weeks of frustration and learning if you switch. So I think stick with the non-Apple phones. But with that said, there's plenty of non-Apple phones uh, at very reasonable prices. If you go to a JB Hi-Fi, for example, um, you know, between three and $500, there's probably six or seven different phones. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't think any of them are bad, but I do think the easy answer is to say the Samsung Galaxy A22 you've been looking at is a great phone. It'll serve you well. Great. Um, remember with Samsung A-series phones, the bigger the number, the better it is. Um, so the middle number is essentially the the model. So the 22, the 32 is better than the 22. The 40, 52 is better than the 32, et cetera, et cetera. So if you can push yourself to bump that number up, then you're going to get something with a slightly better screen and a better camera. And, you know, you're pushing yourself upwards that way. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense, yes. And I don't mind it being a bit bigger because the one I've got is very small. Right. So yep. the, the A22 is six and a half inches. Yeah. I think you'll find most of yep. the A-series have that uh, that larger screen size, which is a great thing. So, yeah, I think you'll be very okay. happy with that, that um, Fane. Yeah. That would be very helpful. Thank you. Now, the other question was my grandson 
plays computer games. Mm-hmm. He has a computer and he has a gaming um, uh, keyboard. Uh-huh. And he is talking a lot about an Xbox. Uh-huh. And I'm out of league with these modern things now i thought maybe christmas for an xbox and he tells me he can play everything on his xbox um i think he plays everything on his computer but anyhow yeah well it's um, it's funny because um it depends on how good and powerful that computer is but you know my son who's 15 by the way so so it's another step up um is always wishing he had my big gaming computer at home because there's some things you can do on a gaming computer that you really can't do on an Xbox. But that said, he, you know, any kid is always going to tell you what they really want. But in the end, he still plays the Xbox every day. It's still there's no. It's not like he hates it and he won't play it. He plays it every day, and it's a wonderful thing because sometimes I find the kids playing together on the Xbox. Sometimes they're fighting about the Xbox. You never, never know. Um, the thing about the Xbox for him is it is simple. It is literally just, you know, press a button, turn it on, and you're gaming as opposed to a PC. You know, it's sometimes a bit of a setup to load the game, um, get going. The keyboard's a different way of playing. And he might have mates that have got Xboxes as well, and there's some really social play that can happen on an Xbox as well. And this, Fain, without, you know, being a you know, parent advisor to you, this is the biggest challenge with the modern era and the digital generation. They don't socialise like even I did. So sometimes we look at our kids now and we go, oh, they're not, they're not going to visit their mates. They're not going out. But they're sitting, even if it's only for an hour, they're sitting with their mates on their Xboxes just in separate homes. And they're talking, they're chatting, they're laughing, they're giggling, and they're playing together in an online world. Um, it's annoying to think about for, for some people who can't kind of come to grips with that, but it is as social as I ever was. So... No, that all makes sense. That that totally makes sense. And he plays basketball, um, regional basketball and regional soccer. So he's yeah. very active. Uh, you know, he's got a good balance. So that's good. As yeah. long as you're putting in limits and he knows those limits exist and he, he, was, he will always push the boundaries. That's what kids do. Um, but as long as you introduce anything into into their lives with a, with a limit, saying, well, here's an Xbox, it's great, and then the day later say, listen, just so you know, I don't want you on that 24-7. There's going to be a number of times and whatever. So as long as you set rules and boundaries, the Xbox is a fantastic thing. And you know what I want, Fane? I want to make sure you buy it and you get two controllers. So that two, two people... Two controllers, yeah. wait a minute. Two, two controllers, two yeah. Two controllers. So every Xbox comes with a controller, so you can obviously use it. Yeah. But then you can buy extra controllers for... I don't know, let's call them 50 to $100. And the great thing is when he has a mate around, they can play together. And okay. also, yep. Fane, you can play with him because... Oh, well, no, that's good. <laughs> that's that's It's a fun... Like, I, we finally convinced my wife to play Minecraft with us recently. It was a disaster, but it was honestly the laughing, the giggling, the clarity of all of us doing this um, and watching mum try and play Minecraft was awesome. And so... The kid's got a real buzz out of that, and I think that if you can engage with with him in that way, it'll it'll keep you close together. Now, is there any is there a Xbox that's better than any other? You know, what should I do when yeah. I'm looking at Xbox? So they start they start at the top with the Xbox Series X, X for xylophone. Um, so that's yeah. the that's the big beast. That's the one that will do everything and and never be questioned. The one underneath that is the Xbox Series S for Sam. Now, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I'll be honest with you, I play that one most of the time. I don't notice any great difference between the two. 
I think that if he's going to keep his gaming PC, he's probably going to be just as happy with an Xbox Series S because he's not going to play it all the time. He's going to play both and he'll go to his gaming PC for certain things and he'll go to the Xbox for others. And frankly, for that, the Xbox Series S is a really great investment. It's not as expensive as the X um, and you can put that extra little bit of coin into that extra controller for him. Well, that sounds terrific. Thank you. Now, the other thing is you mentioned a couple of games on the radio this morning. Was it Hot oh, Wheels or? Forza Horizon. So here's what you do. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know your financial situation, but if you can afford it, there's a there's a thing called Xbox Game Pass. Now, Game Pass is like Netflix, but for your computer games. So I'm going to say it's $16 a month. It might be a little less, a little bit more. But Basically, it's a monthly fee. But the great thing is that includes hundreds of games. So I came home right. the other day and the kids were playing this game I've never seen before. And I said, what's that? And they told me the name of it. And I said, was that on Game Pass? And they go, yes. So I didn't need to buy the game. The game doesn't cost anything. Every game on Game Pass is free to play and have on your Xbox. So rather oh, that than, sounds fantastic. Rather Wonderful. than buying yeah. a brand new game for $100 and then they get bored of that after two months and they want another game for $100, pay the subscription, get the Xbox Game Pass, and he can have all the all the fun games that everyone's playing. There's obviously iconic games that come out now and then that are not on Game Pass and you might need to buy if he wants them. But it's just like movies, right? You, you know, lots of great movies on Disney and Netflix, but set now and then you've got to go to the movie cinema to see the latest. That's, that's exactly how it yeah. is. All right, fine. Yeah. Good luck. Okay. Sounds um, like so it's going to be a wonderful Christmas. But what Christmas. was the game you mentioned? Was it Hot Wheels? Forza, Forza Horizon 5 with Hot Wheels. Forza. That's it. Forza with Hot Forza Wheels. Forza Horizon 5. And that's only on um, an Xbox. You can't get that on the PC. You can get that on the PC. Um, he can. He can, if he's got a PC and it's, got the right capabilities he can play forza horizon on the xbox oh, sorry on his on his yeah. pc and he can get the hot wheels add-on for the pc as well okay okay that's fantastic now just one bread and butter question yeah. with the xbox do i have to pay a, a subscription or anything to the games or are they just all included the, the, when you buy it there's nothing included and so right. when you buy it, you need to buy games. And that's why I'm suggesting buy the Xbox and buy the subscription, which does give you hundreds of games. So that sounds fantastic. That's called, so I buy that's the called Xbox, Xbox and an Xbox Pass game, at the Xbox same time. Game Pass. That's exactly right. Great. If you, if, Look, you've been you know, really Fane, helpful. Fane, if you ring the people at The Gamesman, they are a wonderful. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The gamesmen, yep. The gamesmen, they're in Penshurst down in South South Sydney, um, but they ship everywhere, so they'll they'll just ship it to your door. They're wonderful people. They will look after you and they'll make sure that you get everything you need, um, and that they'll post it to you. It's because they've got a wonderful you know online store and they can do all that for you. So if you're going to buy all these things, only because I know them well and they're lovely people and they're very generous to me with when I'm doing things, I'm sure they'll look after you very well so that you make sure you get everything you need for your, for your grandson. So I'd get an Xbox, an X Game Pass and an extra controller. Boom, done. Lovely. Look, you've been wonderful. Thank you. And Good now you, I know about you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Good on you. Because it's all those bread and butter questions. So exactly. thank you. Good on you, Fane. Thanks for getting in touch. Thank you. And you take care. And I hope the rain stops. I don't know where you are. Are you in Sydney? I'm in Sydney and I, it may never stop raining. <laughs> I don't. Well, up here, 
even the lawnmower gets bogged all the time. And Brian pulls and I push and we can get it out. Okay. Good on you, Fane. Thanks for getting in touch. Thank you. you Bye. Bye Bye-bye now. Fane uh, heard me this morning on uh, 2ST uh, down in the Southern Highlands uh, outside of Sydney. And I'm thinking, looking at her email, it came through at 10 o'clock. So literally an hour later, she got on the phone, on the email and listed a many, many questions. So I thought we'd, we'd clear all those up for her. And I'm sure her grandson, who she's wonderfully looking after, um, is going to have a great Christmas. <laughs> He's a lucky lad. You're listening to the EFGM podcast. to the FGM podcast. Lovely to have your company. Um, I, I've got to tell you, geez, Facebook um, don't really appreciate what their product is. There's talk of them switching to a TikTok mode, whether it's like an algorithm where you just see content based on the algorithm as opposed to anything to do with friends and who, who you're connecting with, which I get they've got to compete, right? But fair dinkum, um you know, you got to get the core product right. But what's fascinating to me is Instagram's already changed that way. I don't know if everyone's got it yet, but my Instagram is already this kind of flick through thing. But what's really funny is um, they've now got this desire to control your entire inbox. So I got this, um, uh, like I go, I log on now and then to try and wade through all of the comments and things on Facebook because sometimes people send messages there and I miss them, whatever. And it said had this button to say, "Do you want to connect your Gmail and 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 manage your inbox from here?" And I'm thinking, I do. This is the worst inbox in the history of inboxes here on Facebook. Why would I also want my email here? Like it's bad enough as it is. But I I love the idea of a unified inbox, one place where just everything is. But I can't imagine Facebook being that place. It's a really weird thought process from them to think that you know they might actually have the best system of inbox that you've ever seen i don't know what's your experience with multiple platforms and messages you know how do you keep up with where people are messaging you um do you just cancel some of them set up an order i've got an autoresponder on some of my inboxes that says look it's it's quite an open thing it's on facebook um because it gives it's personalized it says hi your first name I can't provide tech help via messages, but I try to answer them online at eftm.com as part of my podcast and click ask Trev, da, da, da. It's, it's a very clear message about, you know, I'm not going to respond here um, because I'd be there all day. But I don't know. It's just, it's hard to manage and there's no single solution because the solution is quite simple to build, but all of these companies make it hard to integrate. And so you, you wouldn't be able to have them all in one place. Um it's a weird thing because I 
live and die by my email inbox, but that gets out of control every week or so, and I've got to come out and, and sort it. Um, but we're a long way off having an integrated inbox somewhere, you know, like a, a single place where just just it all works and it is a, a, an easy thing to use. I don't know. If you've got tips on managing multiple DM locations, um, I'm cool with messages and WhatsApp. I've got that under control. I'm pretty cool with email, but it's everything else. It's the social platforms that are the problem. It's it's hard. Um, maybe there is a solution out there I'm not aware of. Let me know. Go to the website eftm.com. Just click Ask Trev. Trevor Long, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, you know where to go. EFTM.com. Michael's on the line. G'day, Michael. G'day, Trevor. Thank you very much for providing that advice you gave me uh, last week. It was a perler and it works excellently. Yeah, remind uh, me. We remind of... everyone, what were we talking about? The headphones <laughs> and the uh, and the Hisense TV, yeah? Yeah, the Hisense TV and the headphones, and I wanted them to be uh, able to be controlled uh, volume independently of each other, and you told me where to go on the Hisense settings menu and then in the audio once once i had the wireless ones connected to it it allows me to have the tv and the headphones individually and i can control each one individually by the remote control for the tv or the headphone volume control so that, and Thank that was my question much. so basically the headphones have their own if you change the volume on there yes. that changes the bluetooth volume but it doesn't affect the speakers of the tv and therefore you can Not. make the tv louder or softer with the remote absolutely and the, uh. the speakers the headphones that i got were the sennheiser 120 ii Nice, very good. Well, and, mate, and, they, and they were they were on special at the Good Guys for 120 bucks. Oh, beautiful, mate! You've nailed this. <laughs> Absolutely, no, you've you've done it for me. I certainly appreciate it, mate, and my wife thanks you for it too. Good stuff, mate. I appreciate you letting me know. It's it's always good to get a nice resolution on things. Good on you, mate. You have a great uh, you have a great week now that you're out of ISO. <laughs> All right, thanks, Trevor. Bye Cheers, bye. buddy. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, it's just nice to kind of get the uh, you know closure on on some things. I know people don't often get back in touch but that's because most people are you gotta remember most people are just sending an email because they've got a question and a problem they don't as highly engaged listeners as you um so yeah it's it's kind of really cool because sometimes i wonder <laughs> did it work i don't know and i know sometimes it might not it's absolutely true it's quite possible um but anyway we got resolution there with that one which is fantastic uh you're listening to eftm Trevor Long, uh and if you know where to go and by the way uh you got the app if you want to get the latest news and you want the notification the minute we publish something new at eftm.com download the eftm app for android and ios we'd appreciate that it's all good it all adds to the audience and we love that this is the eftm podcast well i think anyone listening knows i'm a pretty big fan of racing uh racing games and motorsport in general and one of my favorite games uh probably next to f1 is forza Horizon, not Forza Motorsport, because I love Forza Horizon because it's that open world concept. I love the idea that I can just get in a car and just cruise. I may go a little crazy and smash through things and go places. But a couple of years ago, in fact, I'll have to, I'll ask my next guest when it might have been, but in Forza Horizon 3, which if my memory serves was the Aussie one, they created this Hot Wheels playground of entertainment. Last time with Forza Horizon 4, the UK version, I'm talking about the setting. It was Lego. And folks, in Forza Horizon 5, downloadable right now, Hot Wheels is back. 
and the creative director of uh, Playground Games, who uh, create all these cool things, is Mike Brown, and he's on the line. G'day, Mike. How are you doing? Hey, Trevor. Thanks. Thanks for that very kind intro. That was very, very uh, nice of you to intro that way. Is it just me, or is this the fun part of the job? I mean, the whole job must be fun, but you get to literally go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my childhood imagination. I'm gonna buy as much orange track as I can, and we're gonna build the coolest set of Hot Wheels tracks ever. Yeah, I mean that, that's exactly it. The, we always look forward to kind of these more fantastical uh, opportunities that we can have when we're making the expansions for the main game. Mm. Obviously, the team worked super hard to get that main game out, and we we shipped it at the back end of last year, and then we kind of look on to the expansions as to where we can really start to have a bit of bit of fun and a bit of creativity and as you touch on where we have a chance to you know have a a partner in this case mattel send us boxes and boxes of toys and set them all <laughs> across the office and, and do research whilst we spend hours and hours playing with uh, kids toys because is that part of the deal with mattel that i mean i was going to say it needs to be true to life but you know you can't you can't create something that's too outrageous that it's not part of the obvious hot wheels experience do you know what I mean? For the average real world player, is that is that the concept? Um, it is the concept. They do they do give us a, a decent amount of latitude in order to add our bits of creativity. I think one of the cool things about Hot Wheels as a brand is um, so the Hot Wheels toys themselves tend to be quite accessible, quite accessible in terms of price point. Yep. And and to do that, there's a lot of a lot in their toys is kind of left to the imagination of the kid, right? So we'll have They'll have the launcher, they'll have the ramp, they'll have a couple of cars. It'll be $25. And um, and then on the box, they have these beautiful artwork, which kind of like gives the kid the idea of the imagination of what this actually is. So, oh, there'll be a picture of a massive stadium on the box and there'll be monster trucks in the back and there'll yeah. be fireworks going off. And I think that is where they kind of try and plant the seed in the kid's head of what, of what they have to imagine on top of the toy. And we looked at a lot of that as well. So we looked at a lot of the, the kind of packaging that comes with it as well, that kind of extra bit of storytelling that they do with their toys that isn't mm. actually necessarily part of the, the plastic toy itself. Yeah. And that led us to things like uh, the water flume track, the ice track, things that um, things that Mattel don't actually sell as a toy, but kind of exists within their toy universe because things like that do exist in their in their packaging and, and I think by extension in the in the minds of the kids that are playing with it. How is this not the creation of an all new Forza? Because and maybe again I'm I'm forgetting how it was, but I feel like the first time we saw Hot Wheels tracks, it was laid over the existing world, um, the existing environment, and it was just a bit of fun to do. Whereas this is a like it's a completely new map. It's a completely new world. Um, is it just as challenging as creating the original one or is it less so because, you know, you're creating a couple of biomes, you might auto generate some stuff and then it's really the track creation. That's the biggest challenge. Um, so it's, it's definitely a big challenge, but I will say that the team at playground games, our environment team, they, they wouldn't want to do it if it wasn't a challenge. They, they very much need, uh, need something to get their teeth stuck into with, with everything that we do. Um, so with this one, we, we kind of had this concept for you're going to be on these orange tracks, you're going to be traveling at incredible speeds. Mm. And we wanted that that backdrop of those environments to change all the time. So it's like, I'm in a volcano, I'm, I'm going, driving past a glacier, I'm driving through a forest, I'm in a canyon. And whilst, and so you want those things to be really close together in a way that you couldn't ever really get in a realistic 
kind of earth setting um, and that leads us to well how would you achieve that and we have to effectively be man-made um, and we kind of use a bit of a, a narrative crutch within the Forza series where we just assume that the the Horizon Festival has got infinite money and could they build this if they had infinite money? Oh, sure I guess if they <laughs> if they had several hundred billion they could build they could build this floating theme park for cars in the sky um, and from there once we have these really cool biomes that but start out as a bit of a backdrop, this kind of, yeah. um, kind of beautiful thing for you to drive past. With we then start to look at well, this orange track, these loops shooting up into the sky, they, they actually look incredibly cool when you're kind of at ground level looking up at them. They have a real sense of scale um, when you're kind of looking up at them, and you're not actually on the track, but rather on the ground beneath it. And that's when we we kind of felt like we need to open up all of these biomes and have that all be drivable as well so that you can kind of get off the track you can drive around you can make use of all those off-road vehicles which are such a huge part of the horizon sandbox um and at the same time you're getting this incredible like view this incredible sense of scale um and that's allowed us to do some different things with, with racing in this one as well compared to horizon 3's hot wheels whereas whereas horizon 3's it was basically all, always on the orange track mm. um now it's about 50 50. so you're on the orange track and then and then you're off you're down on the biomes you're like bouncing across a, a glacier and then back on the track again because that's the reality of get... hot wheels right you, you're not always on the orange track sometimes you're just going around on the carpet um that's the way life is i, I mean it, it's when you're actually playing with those toys you the cars are off the track about as often as they're on the track because it's because <laughs> part of the Part of the, the fun of Hot Wheels, right? As a kid, is you kind of stink, kind of you're trying to string together all these stunts. Can we make the, the jump? Will this track. will this work? Will this string of track work? Um, you're right. That's part of the part of the challenge of it. And, and I think now what's interesting to me, um, and this may be just more of a you know a, a gaming conversation, but um, I think about uh, Forza Horizon as a as a series, and for me, it's it's a it's a new experience, it's a new world, it's, it's something different every time, and uh, it it gets better every time the interstitial stuff like this hot wheels expansion pack today and 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 the other things that occur are they about keeping people sticky because i'll be honest um i don't reckon i've played horizon maybe in three or four months personally i know my kids have played it a bit but this got me back in so this got me back on the on the xbox this got me back behind the controller do you know is it about is it about keeping a game sticky so that there's a constant um knowledge of the game uh, understanding the game and so then you know we're getting ready for you know down the track there'll be more mm -hmm. so we have a lot of systems uh that are designed to try and try and keep you playing to give you a reason to keep coming back uh sorry to hear you've, you've dropped off some point in the last few months but um i've got a job <laughs> i've got things I, to do i don't take, I don't take it personally <laughs> uh, obviously very few players play every single week yeah but we we have systems and features in there which kind of plant the seeds in players that if you do play every week there'll be stuff for you there'll be new cars there'll be new challenges yeah, every yeah. week we, we want people to know that it's a game that's always being updated um and that's that's almost separate from from these expansions the the great thing about the expansions is they're loud they make a big noise like yeah. we, we we do that big trailer we do the big reveal we speak to people like yourself and get an opportunity to kind of get the word out there. But you're so actually you working your asses off constantly on little things. So so what you're saying is all the stuff that happens in the on the weekly and monthly basis, not all of that is actually kind of in the game just being released. A lot of it you're actually releasing into the game. You're you're constantly developing the game. Absolutely. Yeah. We 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 do updates for every four weeks we do an update and then that the content of that update will unlock over the next 
four weeks, if that, if that makes sense. So yeah. you, you'll download, download the data um, on day one, and then over the next 28 days, those cars and challenges will be be released to you. Um, and then 28 days later, there's another one. And we we have that that constant rolling release schedule of, of new stuff dropping into the game, um, which I'll, I'll say is a real challenge to keep going. But um, uh, but it's but but it is I think a great way for us to just keep players feeling like the game is fresh like yeah. there's new things for them to look at there's new cars to get um and yeah like i said very few players play every single week forever uh, although there are some uh, but it's <laughs> i um, imagine i imagine the- a playground games network control center big screens uh who's online now how many people are playing what like i i'm a data guy i've always got screens telling me you know how many people are doing this i i, I would be driven insane by things like the data that you would have. And so I'm fascinated by something simple like gifting, for example. I think the gifting of cars is one of the coolest things in Forza Horizon 5 um, because, you know, yes, you, either you win a car, you, you win it in a spin and you've already got it. It's like, what do you do? I've never bothered with the auction stuff. I don't, never, you know, the money is not that, that important in that sense. But it's really cool to be able to go, you know what, I'm going to give this to a new player. And I love that. Do you get a lot of feedback on those kind of things that make you go, geez, I'm glad we did that? Um, we do, yeah. I think that um, so that there's a couple of features that probably being the most prominent of them. Where yes, we get we get really great feedback on it. But I think that the subtle thing it does is makes you feel like that this this game has a friendly community. Yeah, it has like a real the, the players like the players here are are just, are just nice people, um, which actually not a lot of games do. Yeah. Like most games, the interaction you have with somebody else is because they've shot you. <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 and, and, then, or, or and then you're in a lobby hearing how bad you are at it or how much better they are. It's, it's actually, you're right, it's quite judgmental in that sense, a lot of gaming. Uh, and, and, you know, when you talk about kids and, you know, I've, my kids are 10, 11 and 15 and, you know, I want my 10-year-old to have a fun experience playing games. Uh, and so that's what, you know, essentially Minecraft and Forza Horizon do is they give him that fun experience. And, you know, I saw him gifting something the other day and, and we, we sat down to, to start this process of, of playing Hot Wheels and he, he looked at my bank balance and we had, I had so much coin. Um, we just went and found the most expensive car that I would love and we found this beautiful Jaguar E-Type. And do you know what? It's a, it's a family game. I think it's a, it's a struggle, isn't it, for, to explain to people how a game like this can connect a family as much as it can be a very individual thing. Because if you're not into it, you don't really understand, do you? Um, that's because when you, and I've done a few of these interviews where people ask about like playing with kids and it's like, we don't have like couch co-op. And so you mm. think you, your first opinion is like, well, you can kind of sit with them and play it. And it's kind of like, it's a bit of a hard sell, but it's when, when people like, like you share those stories and it's, I, I have that exact same story. Like my youngest son is, is nine years old and he just loves cars. Yeah. Like he just adores them. He's super into Hot Wheels. And when he's playing it, he's just every car that's driving past, he's just like calling out what car it is. And he's almost like testing himself to like recognize every single model of Lamborghini. And stuff like that. Cold, yeah. But when we're, <laughs> and I'm obviously just from doing this job, a bit of a car nerd as well. And so it is just a when either of us has got the pad in hand, there's a there's just a constant like chatter, a constant yeah. conversation that we can have and go and look at things and, and learn about cars together. Yeah. And and cars are just super interesting. There's so many stories there. And yeah. as people like like yourself and like me, um, have those stories we can share. Oh, this this car is such an associate one this yeah, race yeah. and um and, you know, kids just absolutely adore all that stuff, don't they? So there, there is there is so many opportunities for for bonding um over this game. Um, even when you're not actually just 
thriving together. And now I I would say to you just finally, I I don't know how many classes of players you think there are, but in my mind there's there's two. There's people who come to Forza Horizon to find a challenge, a race, an event. Um, I've never been into that. I am someone who just loves to drive. I, I'm I'm ticking off every road, every XP board, and every fast travel board or whatever it is available at the time. That's my that's that's the game I enjoy. It's just driving around and enjoying it and doing different things. So for all players, if we encourage them to get the the Hot Wheels um, expansion. What are, the, what are the two key things you want people to see and experience that you're most proud of in, in terms of the development of this expansion? So, okay. I think that, I think first of all, the, the opening is, is fantastic. Um, I think the opening is just um, end-to-end, super exhilarating and exciting. Um, that initial drive, that first kind of six minutes where you uh, launch from the base map and head towards the Hot Wheels Festival. Um, for the first time as well, we've made that so you can replay that as many times as you like as well. Okay. They're usually uh, one and done, um, but you can actually replay that one and you can do it in co-op. So I'll say that's very early. That's the first thing you'll do. So <laughs> um, I'll say that, that I'll say that as number one. Um, number two, I'm going to say the Horizon story um, because I think the Horizon story is, um, it, for, for people who are unfamiliar, it's the history of Hot Wheels told through gameplay within this Hot Wheels map. Um, and one of our characters, Haley, um, wouldn't you know it, she's a, she's a massive fan of Hot Wheels. <laughs> and so she, um, throughout this experience, she kind of shares all these fun stories about the kind of formation of the Hot Wheels toy, how, who the original designers were, what their ideas were, what, they, what challenges they had to overcome, how they beat out the competition, how they innovated that toy line over the years. Um, it's, it's actually a super interesting story that we've kind of discovered during during the development of the expansion and decided that we build that in and tell it to players because I think it's the stories in there that people just won't have heard that um, are actually super super interesting. It's, it's yeah. really actually very, very fascinating and um, yeah, really nice way to explore that story whilst also playing a, an awesome racing game. It's like unlocking a barn find. You know, you get a story of a car, except in this case, you're getting the story of a whole whole experience that is um, Hot yep. Wheels, which as adults, we can relive uh, on the big screen. And as kids, I just worry about the parents who uh, who are buying a lot of Orange Track alongside the Xbox because <laughs> they're, they're having to share the, the, cons- the controller around the kids. So they've got to keep a lot of Hot Wheels Track ready. Uh, it's awesome. It really is. my. I, I think it's a, it's a credit to the, to the team because from the get-go, it's just it's just fun. It's epic fun, and that's that's exactly what a game should be. And I think for that, um, the team should be very proud. So, mate, uh, good luck with it. Appreciate the time to chat, and uh, hope to chat again when there's more exciting things from uh, from Forza and uh, Playground Games. Cool, great chat. Thanks very much, Trevor. got a tech question we'll try and give you an answer trevor long taking your calls uh trish is on the line g'day trish hi how can i help you what's happening okay um a friend of ours told us about a tracking um app that you can put on your phone so you know where the um someone is Mm -hmm. and my husband and i are interested in it because he does a lot of paddling and he takes his phone with him Mm -hmm. and i'd like to know that he's safe yeah, and, so, and is, when um, he's paddling, is he paddling in, in mobile service areas? Not like he's paddling to New Zealand and there's no mobile coverage, right? Yeah, yeah. no, no. So he's paddling. I yeah. I really think this 
this is a polarizing topic because some people think what I do in my family is nuts. Other people think it's simple, great, easy, and it's the way it all should be. And now we've got three kids. Um, one of them has a smartphone permanently. The others just have them when they're allowed to go to the shops and things. But all five of us in our family have the same app installed on our phone. It's called Life360. Yep. Um, I think uh, it did change its name for a bit, but Life360, if you search for it, you'll definitely get the app. Now, I'll tell you how good it is. Even my wife's parents have Life360 and we're all part of the same, I think it's called a circle. And so my my kids can see at any point in time where granny and papa are, where mum is, where dad is, where their brothers and sisters are. It's it's a completely open and transparent um, thing. I'm looking at it right now. I can see my wife is at her work. Um, the grandparents are at home and my son is down in the city doing work experience. Now, this afternoon, my son is actually catching the train home. Yesterday, I picked him up today. He's catching the train home. You know, 15-year-old, he's cool, but, you know, I'm a dad. I'm worried. He's on the train. Da, 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 da. So come 4.15, I can look at the map and go, yeah, he's, he's got on the tram. We're good. And I can just have a bit of peace of mind. The other thing it does for me is my wife used to text me at, I don't know, 4.30, 5.30 and go, what time? Are you on your way home yet? Whatever. She doesn't anymore. She just looks <laughs> at the map. And the kids, when I fly home from overseas and I land at the airport, the kids know that I've left the airport and I must be in a cab on the way home because I'm in motion. And so it's a really cool thing about, and it's open and we know where each other are. The critical thing is it, it must be a consent-based thing. So obviously you and your husband get on great and he, he want, you want to know where he is at the right times. Um, it, it, as long as you both agree, it's an awesome thing uh, to have on your phones. You'll always know where he is. And, and you can set a little – little. you can set places. And so the shops, we've got like the local shops. We've got the school. We've got my work. And so if my wife was to drive here to my office now and pull up out the front without me knowing, I'd actually get an alert saying Amanda arrived at dad's office. Um, and, <laughs> and, and it's the same with work. Uh, she can get a notification saying Trevor left dad's office. Um, I can get a notification saying Jackson arrived at his mate's place because it's really cool. It's so good. It's a simple way of staying in touch without having to send bloody messages all the time and also without having to have worry, you know. I don't need to bug my son this afternoon. Is he on the train? Do I have to ring him? Do I call him? I'm just going to trust in him and then I'm going to check. And if he's not, if if it comes like 5.30, I'm thinking, geez, where is he? I can go, oh, he's still on the North Shore line. I can, you know, I can see. It's all good. No dramas. So... As long as you're all in, in, in on it, it's a it's an awesome app. It's called Life360. It works on Android and Apple devices. Excellent. All right. Thank you for that. No worries, Trish. Enjoy. And uh, the great thing is if he's at the pub, you'll you'll know. Oh, he's never there unless I'm with him. <laughs> good on you, and Trish. It's usually the RSL. Ah, very good. All right. Well, when he's down the ARI and he's – well, you know what? If he arrives at the ARI and he didn't invite you, get down there. <laughs> good on you trish thanks for getting in touch no worries thanks trevor thanks very much and you know again as i said it's div- it's divisive d- divisive however you want to say it some people think that is creepy as hell but i've got nothing to hide from anyone in my family my kids and my wife so why not that's what i say <laughs> let me know what you think if you disagree i'd love to have a conversation about it the EFTM podcast. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Travel along, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, go to the website EFTM.com. Milton did that. G'day, Milton. Good. Good day to you. What can I do for you, mate? 
So I'm looking for a, a camera for my house inside, just something cheap, something under 50 bucks that connects to Wi-Fi. Um, it doesn't have to be, it can be powered, which is fine, but there's just so many on the market that you see. I just want to get something that know that works, basically. Look, I mean, if if you want to spend that kind of money, there's, there is, a JB's, there's a Lenovo camera. It's a very simple little stick cam, we call it. Um, it is powered. Um, there's a TP link that's a little over $50, $59, but that's really yep. your only two options. Those two there, they are wired cameras. Um, they have, I think SD cards in them. So they're not heavily app based. Um, they might have, um, some level of alerts and tracking that you can get in terms of, um, getting notifications on your phone, but I wouldn't expect too much of them. Um, what, what is it that you want from the camera? So when you say they're wired, are you mean they're wired to power, but power. they're Wi-Fi to connect? Correct. Wired to power, Wi-Fi to connect to the internet. Yeah, yeah, I want something that I can, on my phone, I can connect to my home Wi-Fi and check, is my garage door closed? Is there anybody inside the house? That kind of thing. Perfect. Nothing yeah. fancy. Simple as that. I would get. I would just get the Lenovo. If you if you're not willing to spend the money that that gives you systems like Arlo or Swan or um, Eufy that have apps that do a whole range of things with notifications, and they are much more expensive, yep. no doubt. Then I think, to be honest, the TP Link or the Lenovo at JB Hi-Fi would be great cameras because you. Can, it's a manual thing. You're like, I want to check this. Open the app. Check it. Done. It's good. Like yep. the, you'll yes. you'll have no issues at all. Sounds absolutely perfect. Thank you so much. Good I'm on you, Milton. Right now. Get up there. Good Thanks on you, mate. Help. Cheers, Milton. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, you know, sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes you just want something. And it's an interesting thing, right, because you can spend hundreds of dollars on cameras. Um, but in reality, like Milton just wants – he's worried about his garage door. I'll be honest. If I was worried about my garage door, no level of notifications, smartness is going to replace me – simply launching the camera app and opening it to look in it, my, my eyeballing it myself. So I've never heard of the Lenovo K1 smart indoor camera before. That's just what I see on the JB Hi-Fi website. Um, yeah, I, I really can't tell you much about it, but I, I would expect it has an SD card um, for, for storing motion. Um, it says it's linked to Google Home and Amazon Alexa, which means... Here's a great thing it probably would do is if you've got an Alexa smart speaker with a screen or a Google Home, you could actually just say, you could be upstairs, you could say, who's show me the front door or whatever it is. So actually things like that are quite simple um, and may do a lot more than what you'd expect. So um, I think Milton's going to be fine with that. That's what I reckon. All righty. Thank you for listening. Great to have your company. Let's do it again next week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Uh, Stephen's in Bangkok this week. We will talk remotely about all the latest in technology. Um, once again, a reminder, of, um, I'm doing a weekly little wrap-up on Flash News. If you've got a Flash News subscription, uh, jump in, have a look at Switched On with Trevor Long. Should be out every kind of Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. I don't know. I think they're still trying to find a format and the timing and an edit and there's people involved. Um but uh, should be out every Tuesday. Just a little wrap-up, uh, four or five minutes of the latest in tech. Um, and, you know, uh, anywhere you want to listen or engage, it's all good. I just love having you around. It's great to have your company. But I'll be back next week with another episode of the EFTM podcast. So if you've got a tech question, you know where to go, EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM.